Florida State is a playoff darling, according to fans and media, in 2023. We're going to tell you why they need to improve on the margins on offense and make the game more difficult for opponents on defense to reach the pinnacle on today's edition of Locked On Seminoles. Max, let's go. Let's do it. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning or good evening whenever you're listening to this, as Drake likes to say. I'm your host today, Dave, and today I am joined by Max. I will spare you the weather talk and tell you that we're both just cold because it is cold out everywhere except for Florida. Max, great to have you as usual. Um, we have we have a little bit of a fun conversation, I think, today. Um, we're going to talk playoffs. We're going to talk how we get there. That's, that's, a, that's different than our last several years of off-season talk in the most pleasant of ways we but it, were... but it's more it's more difficult in a way right and i think that's what we're going to dive into today is you know going from a 9-win team regular season to a 12-win team regular season how you do that i think is much more challenging than going from a 5-win team to a 9-win team when you're us trying to diagnose how it's going to happen right it's it's the same as your golf game when you're shanking everything into the woods, it's pretty simple to go, hey, your score will improve if you hit the ball straight. Right. When you're shooting a 76, it's a lot more challenging to isolate what's keeping you from a 72 and be like, that's the little things you need to work on. Because in what we're going to talk about, it's so easy to fall into the trap of dismissing things that you know seem luck-based or inconsequential and not identifying patterns, meaning... It's easy for us to say, oh, well, you lost three one-score games. Correct. But you still lost them. So we need to figure out what could we have done as a team that would have completely eliminated losing those games. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. That is exactly right. Like when when we've been entering the offseason in the last several offseasons, uh, or the last several seasons, we've been saying, okay, just stop sucking. Like that's how, literally pick anything, um, lock better catch more passes, run faster, uh, you know, like, right. like really simple, basic things. It's a little more nuanced than that, like you said. Um, so let's talk about this on offense. Like, like what needs to happen for this Florida State offense, which was a well-oiled machine in 2022 and surpassed by very few other offenses in the country. What needs to happen for that offense to kick it up to another gear? We set this up a little before the show. Like, there's not much to talk about. We'll we'll get these out of the way with quarterback. I mean, what's Jordan Travis going to do to get even better? I'm sure there's something, but that's not the point here. Um, it's it's not the quarterback position. It's it's really not the running back position. Those guys did everything they could. Trey Benson and Trey Sean Ward, despite offensive line play at the run in run blocking, that wasn't great. So, that being said, Max, what does this offense need to do to reach the whatever the next level looks like? Yeah, I, I know there are some advanced stats that will disagree with me a little bit, but when you watch the games, the team needs to improve on a down-to-down -down basis. They were much better than last year, by the way. In 2021, this team was the definition of feast or famine, right? It was zero yards or 15 yards. Uh, not literally, but you guys understand. A lot of your touchdowns were big, explosive plays. 
this year you saw more, much a much higher success rate, but you still had a lot of the frustrating one-yard runs. I mean, I think about the the Duquesne game and the Boston College game both a lot, where you saw even with those two defenses who weren't all that great, when they knew you were going to run the ball on like a third and short or a fourth and short, you didn't have great success. So you got to get better on a down-to-down basis. And I think what that's going to come down to is, number one, your run blocking needs to improve. I mean, it will improve, I think, with who you have coming back because look at the jump a lot of these guys made from 2021 to 22. It stands to reason they're going to make a similar jump. You now have Armella going into his, what, second year? Got him headed into his second year. You look for him to step up and contribute. Um, You have a couple guys coming back that you maybe weren't expecting, primarily Demetri Emanuel if his waiver gets approved, but he's listed on the roster, so hopefully, uh, hopefully you get him back. And I just think they're going to get better. Now, I also think a big, big factor here is going to be the tight end room because improving on a down-to-down basis means being able to throw checkdowns if your big routes aren't open and being able to scheme things open in a three- to five-yard range. Tight ends are a huge part of that. You got a guy from Shorter University who we'll see if he pans out immediately or if he takes some time, but he's six foot seven, 235 pounds and was the offensive leader for Shorter by, by about a mile. You also have Jaheim Bell coming in from uh, South Carolina, who does a little bit of everything. He's 6'3", I think 220 or 230, something like that. Uh, So he's not the tallest pass catcher, but he's supremely athletic. He played a bit of running back for South Carolina, and his best game was against Tennessee, so he knows how to perform in the big moments. Uh, I look for you to do a lot with him as well. Add to that, Trey Benson just having another year to develop, and I think you will see a better play-to-play success, but that's that's what you need to do to be more consistent with this offense. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right because there were a lot of – maybe this is like a, I don't know, some kind of bias in my head, but it sticks out to me all those times that we had to convert like third and nine plus, which, which felt like an awful lot of the time. And the crazy thing is we kept doing it. Um, so it appeared to be sustainable. But if you keep doing that over the course of several seasons – you're going to regress back to the mean and you're not going to be able to convert all those third and nines. You're just not, especially against better teams. And I love the way our schedule sets up. We just talked about that uh, a couple days ago, but still um, I, it felt like maybe the personnel was the problem in terms of the efficiency a little bit. Um, and that is like you said, that seems to have been addressed in the off season. And that it's funny you said the tight end room, cause that, kind of goes into what where I was thinking with this conversation, which is, is I don't know if it's just me, but it sure felt to me an awful lot like the receivers made the tough catches, and we, we praise those guys so much, rightfully so. Those receivers were gave us the best receiving room we've had in eight years, maybe? Yeah, um, probably since your national championship team. Right, but I, I, it just felt like they dropped a lot of the easy passes, and that's – like – you would end up running the ball on first down and get like sometimes a yard or two and it's like second and eight. And then you throw like an easy pass that should be complete. It should be a first down or third and one. It's not. And now you're in third and eight. And it, it felt to me a lot like that happened too much. Yeah. So I'll say two things on that. Number one, I think that that is one thing Norvell does really well as a play caller that can seem puzzling at times when it doesn't work, but more often than not, it, it did work. And by that, I mean, he takes a lot of his shots on second down, which I have lamented in that NC State game on that final drive. I don't think he should have done. But for the most part, he is very good of taking that shot. And then he has another down to say, okay, 
Now let's just get to the sticks and, you know, we can reset. I also think that, you know, when you look at this receiving core, I mean, you know, the, one of the primary droppers that most fans point to is our guy, Johnny Wilson. And that's just the Johnny Wilson experience. I mean, he's going to drop balls, but he's also going to have spectacular catches. The thing about Johnny that I absolutely love and the thing about Jordan I absolutely love is that one, Johnny typically makes up for it. You know, we go to that Oklahoma game, right? He dropped that one pretty much wide open deep pass. And then he just has that absolute highlight that's still being shown where he mosses a guy, tries to stiff arm him off him, effectively does, but kind of loses his balance. And you're like, okay, you know, he's going to have some of those drops. He's going to have some of those makeups. If he doesn't have the drop, he probably doesn't need that makeup. So I think it balances out with him. And I give credit to Jordan for trusting his receiver. And he keeps going back to him when he knows that, hey, that was an isolated incident. That's not who Johnny is. It's just it's going to happen every so often because, you know, we know that and and we plan around it. Yeah. It, well, look, the talent level in that room. Also, a really couple cool. of those, like, let's not forget the off the face masks of uh, of our uh, of our tight end cam. Right. Like how many of those there was one against LSU. There's one the next week and then there was one against Boston College. And I remember texting y'all being like, when we finally complete that skinny post, like kind of seam route and it doesn't like our tight end knows to look for it, it's going to be deadly. And sure enough, in the bowl game. We did it. And it was like, huh, okay, good job, McDonald. But, you know, I think the drops stick out, but I'd have to look at the numbers. I don't think FSU was excessively high in drop rate. Yeah, it just just felt that way. Whether – I'm, I'm sure there's something to back up the fact that there were two more drops than our coaching staff and our, our players would have liked. Um, but regardless, the talent level of that position is increasing continuously now. Um, that group, I think a lot of people forget, was without Winston Wright, like like mm-hmm. arguably the guy we thought was going to be the best of the three between him, Micah Pittman, and Johnny Wilson. Um, those guys are all coming back, and they're all going to have another year in the program. That's really helpful. More chemistry with Jordan Travis, with each other. So I think you put all that together, you add to it, like you said, the tight end room. And I love what we're looking at in terms of receiver production and Max. Do you know what else I love? Max, I love... I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah, you are Ron Burgundy, and I love FanDuel. That's right. This year, I love the LAMP. The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner here for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're Dave, new to FanDuel, have yeah. you have you checked out the the new one by you, the FanDuel in person sports book? I have not, and that is an interesting point. It is hard to get to the city, Max. No, no, no. It's it's outside the city. I, I think it's in Connecticut. Or some, it's it's over the border. Yeah, it's right. I mean, you have to go through, but yeah, FanDuel also. I'm just letting your viewers know, FanDuel also has in in person sports books. So, dude, they got pretty much everything. And yeah, FanDuel is a fantastic partner of the show and a fantastic partner for all your betting needs. I did not know that, but I'm glad I do. Yeah. So download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with your no sweat first bet. You get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. That's where I'm going, ladies and gentlemen. I like just putting a little bit of money on who's going to score the first touchdown because it's always like an exhilarating feeling when you bet like 20 bucks and you win 600 because Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown. Like, okay, I almost never get it right. But that feeling when it does hit, it's worth it. Um, The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use, best of all. You can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today. 
FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your first no sweat bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Max, we are back. We're rocking. We're rolling. We fixed our offense. Look at that. We made our offense a championship. Look offense. at us just just tinkering away with the with the nobody, screwdriver. Nobody comes to us for the answers. You wonder why. Um, but here we are. Now we're going to tell Adam Fuller. How are you going to fix this defense? The defense, funny enough, was pretty good last year. Like overall, on the whole, go look at the numbers. It was pretty good. And a lot, like like depending on when you ask somebody throughout the year, I think they either were like stunned how good it was or wanted to fire Adam Fuller again at certain points. So where does this defense in your mind, where can they and where do they most need to improve if we're going to step this up to a championship, a college football playoff appearance? Well, first of all, we have to remember, folks, this is the year 2023. College football is a different sport than what most of you look. If you're my age or Dave's age, we're 30 and 32, respectively. Um, if you're even older, it's, it's a little harder, but it's very tempting to go on Twitter and say, oh my gosh, we're giving up yards, we're giving up plays, and panic, because it's 2022. Georgia gave up, what, 38, 45 points in the semifinal game? I mean, teams give up points to good teams. I understand Oklahoma wasn't great. They had backup offensive linemen. If you go look into those offensive linemen, you'll see that their backups and our backups are not not equivalents. Um, they still had some pretty good linemen playing, and you had some some defensive line issues. But teams are going to move the ball on you this year. You, you cannot. And I'm telling you this for your your mental well-being <laughs> and your physical well-being and your relationships with your family members and friends. You cannot freak out every time a team scores 30 points on you. It's 2023 college football. Good coaches are going to find ways to do that. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter where you play. Teams are going to score points. It's just how it goes. The days of the 14 to 10, boring as hell, hard fought, those are over. I'm sorry to tell you. That being said, Dave, I do think there's a couple areas that they can really improve. I think it's, one, the consistent pressure against the pass while staying mindful of the run. I think this year you saw teams, especially Oklahoma, kind of caught you overselling to the pass and then they'd run it and they'd get 15, 16 yards, right? You got to be careful of that because again, good teams are going to try to do that to you. Now, what I think this D-line has improved with is that same thing. Kind of like we said about the O-line, right? From three years ago, it's night and day. You know, you now see them rushing in a four-man type, you know, team rush in close. If you go watch, uh, there's a guy, he does the QB school. He does a breakdown of Anthony Richardson's game against us. I think the second play he breaks down is like an eight-yard run by Richardson. But you watch the way the rush is going, right? And Fabo's consciously pushing in the middle. You've got the ends collapsing. Anthony Richardson's just an athlete, so he gets out of it, which again will happen. But you need to see that on every play, right? You need to see guys being able at the second level, not the third, but the second level, to kind of do both, right? To say, okay, I'm watching the run, but I'm still on my guy. I think in the past, we've had the level of linebacker where if they see a tight end on a route, they have to get on him, right? And they create a gap on the field for the run. I think now with Deloach and with Tatum Bethune, and I think frankly with uh, Omar Graham, maybe Brendan Gant, 
but definitely the two guys you brought in who I think are pretty damn good athletes, you're going to have the type of linebackers that maybe can keep their eyes on the read option in the backfield a little bit longer without sacrificing the ability to cover across the middle. And when you can do that, you'll see them be able to play a lot more disciplined. So I think if we can play more disciplined at the second level, we can avoid over committing to pass rushing in, in getting gashed by the run. Uh, I think you'll see this team be a lot more consistent on defense coverage. I mean, dude, you have like a six time pro bowler, a guy whose son is in his second year in the NFL and already made a pro bowl, potentially one of the best cornerbacks in the league, not for a second year guy, but overall in your new DB coach. I mean, Patrick Sertan, I, I just have to think he's going to coach these guys up. You know, he's had success at the high school level. He's had success at the pro level. I don't see any reason that's not going to continue at the college level. In fact, Dave, catch me if this is hyperbole, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see a jump in our secondary similar to the jump you saw for the defense as a whole. When Jeremy Pruitt came in, you were like, wow, these guys are getting a different level of coaching now. Um Anyway, uh, yeah, so so I think that's how you're going to see the improvement is, is with coaching and with the level of athlete you have this year. I'm with you on the technique of the cornerbacks. I think that's why you saw some inconsistency last year. Like, you know, again, we talk about this all the time, but you, you that, that status thrown around all the time about how Florida State was like number two in the country in air yards allowed. Um, again, a misleading stat because there were too many plays where two, defensive backs who are too talented just weren't where it, it looked like they either weren't where they were supposed to be or weren't doing what you would expect that they're supposed to do. So that, that, that's not a them thing to me, that's a coaching thing. And I agree with you. I think we've addressed that. So hopefully we'll see that. But the number one thing that stuck out to me was related to something you said, this defense so often was able to push the defensive line back and then just didn't quite get there. Like was right there, just a push away from having a sack or from adjusting or altering a pass such that the defensive backs were maybe would have been in a better position or would have had more opportunities for interceptions. It's really a domino effect. You complete that sack or you get your hands on the quarterback or get him to the ground. That's you're suddenly you're talking about potentially a 20 yard difference, but if they were to complete a pass on that play instead, you know, Fair, but you did see them get some sacks in some pretty key situations, too. I mean, to to their credit, you know, you look at like the last play against Oklahoma. um, I'm not saying you're wrong. I agree with you, by the way. But, uh, you know, elaborate on on your point, but and kind of kind of keep in mind, too, like what we saw with Fabian versus without Fabian, you know, how you think like Braden uh, Braden Fisk coming in is is maybe going to improve what you're talking about. Yeah, I. I do, look, I, I do think that's going to improve. I mean, we have the guys here. The, the issue is not like that. The I don't know that the issue is like the players need to do better or try harder. I it, it may have been completely just bad luck on a lot of those plays. I don't know. But what I do know is that it was just so frustrating. Like the number of times like I could reach through my TV and just like push them like a foot. And it's like they're at the quarterback. And that could have made all the difference on a drive or on you know in a quarter or at the in the end result of a game like and if we're talking about improving enough to the point where we're a potential playoff team and and the three games we lost last year were all one score games a sack is the difference between winning and losing and this florida state team despite seeing being pretty prolific in terms of getting to the quarterback was only 38th in the country in pass rush grades so there is room for improvement there. There's room for improvement on the defense as a whole. And Max, do you have anything else that this defense needs to do? 
Yeah, man, I, I think what you're saying comes down to two things, right? I think number one, it's it's your defensive line depth is going to help you a lot. And number two, you got to stop teams from going on these long, sustained drives. I, I was talking to a friend of mine who follows the team really closely, and you know he, he mentioned like when you saw another team start within like their own 30, it was always rolling out the second string defensive line, right? And when Fabian was out, you were kind of rolling out like your third guys at defensive tackle. Well, this year you've got Josh Farmer's a year older, right? Pat Payton's a year older. By the way, I was with Josh Farmer last Thursday. The dude is a freaking unit. I mean, he is a 20-year-old kid that is built like a 30-year-old grown man, and he has put on good weight. Uh, Fabian is also ideally going to be healthy all year. You also have Daryl Jackson coming in from Miami. Daryl Jackson is a true defensive tackle. He is freaking huge. Oh, and by the way, played with Josh Farmer in high school. So you've got that chemistry right there built in on your defensive line. You also have Braden Fisk coming in from Western Michigan, who is one of your typical group of five to power five jumps. And they really love what he can do because he can go in the middle for you, but he's also quick. He's also slippery. And he's the type of guy that you can put in in those true pass rushing downs that can really disrupt the middle and allow your guys on the edge to eat. So I think that this year you're going to see a lot more depth on the defensive line. So if someone needs a breather, if someone's a little bit banged up, it's not going to be as big of a drop-off because, again, I I know I keep harping on it, but those three games you didn't have Fabian, I mean, you missed him, and it was noticeable to what you're talking about. I mean, you're getting pressure off the edge, but every quarterback was able to just kind of step up in the pocket because we had guys who were just really young on the interior. So they get older. Fabian's back, you add Fisk, you add Daryl Jackson, and, and I think this D-line is going to do what you're saying they need to do. Yeah, the, with with all those new guys coming in, that is just so much to look forward to. I completely agree. Um, and you know what else there is to look forward to, Max? I believe you know the answer to this already, and the answer, of course, is Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all those fat and calories, you've got to try a Built Bar. We tell you this every, basically every day. Um, we look, we just got through the holidays. I mean, we've all gained a few pounds. If you haven't, good for you. Um, but it's cold, it's winter, and you need to eat healthier. We all do. You gotta start with Built Bar. It's healthy and it is tasty. They are so delicious. You legitimately won't think they are good for you. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. I love eating chocolate. When you can eat chocolate and say you're eating healthy, that's the best of all worlds, folks. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro. I like churros, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I don't know how they do it, uh, but they taste like a candy bar. And that's actually not a joke. I have some sitting in my cabinet right now. I highly recommend you go try them. And guess what? You can now get them in stores. That is right. You don't need to wait to buy them on the web. You can get them at your local Walmart, Walmart or Sam's Club now. That is right. Head down to Walmart or Sam, walk near the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, you can run in and get a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. And guess what? Thank you later. Oh, man. So we've talked offense. We, we've talked defense. I think now maybe we highlight um... – some some of the players we're really interested to watch that we feel like if if they make a jump right from last year to the next year, they will be a significant contributor to this team's success. So, and it can be transfers too, or or newcomers. But 
who are you looking for, Dave, that, that you feel like, hey, if that guy just, you know, makes the linear improvement we expect a guy to make as he gets older, he's going to be a big contributor or was, you know, right there last year that you're like, if they can just kind of fix a couple things, I think that guy's going to have a big impact. Yeah. Um, so one for me is a guy that already made a jump, but there's clearly still room to grow for him. Kalen Deloach uh, mm-hmm. really made a name for himself last year. Like it, the way he appeared on camera was that of a heat seeking missile. Uh, like he would just be on the other side of the field and you wouldn't expect him to be involved in a play. And by the end of the play, he's like torpedoing towards somebody on the right sideline. So yep. he clearly made a jump in terms of his ability to process what's going on and react quickly. Um, but that was not his best work. His best work's ahead of him uh, because the physical tools that guy has will allow him to start getting into the, I, I think, to start blitzing, getting into the backfield and to start getting, you know, making tackles on the edge and right up the middle because that's a big guy. He's a big guy who shouldn't be as fast as he is. And it all started to click at times last year. And I think there's there's room for him to become the next great Florida State linebacker. I agree, man. I, I think what you're talking about came from him just being more confident in his abilities and just more understanding of what was happening on the field and being able to just commit to certain things. Uh, I look for him to improve. One guy I'm, I'm really looking forward to is Jarian Jones with this new coach. So I actually didn't know this about Jarian until last week. He didn't really play football in high school until his junior year, and he mostly played receiver, then went to Mississippi State, then transferred. And then in my opinion, I'm, I'm not going to take a huge shot. I don't know if he was getting the best defensive back coaching here that he could have been when I compare it to Patrick Sertain Sr. So when I see his athletic ability and I look at who he's going to have coaching him, I'm really excited to see him make a jump. And I'm really excited to see his one number up partner, Renardo Green, make a jump. I think if those two can emerge as good, solid corners for you, and you've now got Fentrell Cypress, Deuce Cypress coming in, one of the highest graded corners in the country last year from Virginia. Well, now you take guys who you need them both on the field at the same time a lot last year to now you kind of got Deuce Cypress who can handle one side. And if those two can both take a step forward and you can have them as a good rotational duo opposite Fentrell, I think you're going to be a lot better in the coverage game. We got to figure out exactly what does the safety look like. Akeem Dent is obviously your number one, but I'm really excited to see those two with a whole offseason of a six-time Pro Bowler coaching them up. That's right. It's funny you said Akeem Dent because that's the only that's the one other big one I was going to say. Like with, I'm so excited to see what a kid with as much talent and potential he has. I'm so excited to see what it looks like when he's coached up well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, if Pat Sertan is what we think he is as a coach, then you're going to see that defensive back room make a huge jump. If not the entire, maybe not every single person in the room, but a guy like Akeem Dent, who is just flush with talent, I really do expect him to respond well to to good coaching. And so I'm, I'm looking for a lot from him. I think it's really easy to say anybody in that new tight end room, well, Kyle Morlock or Jaheim Bell, of course you're, you're eager to see that. Like mm-hmm. Dan McDonald's lighting it up over at the Reese's Senior Bowl, but um still you're you're really looking forward to that room becoming a little more multi-dimensional and reliable and and potentially explosive adding another uh layer to your offense but yeah i mean look i think i think we went i went defense for a reason uh, there's and we, and we talked about more on defense than on offense i think the the offense we're talking about margins improvement there's not yeah. a ton they can do to get better it was one of the best offenses in the country that defense though 
if they can hold, I think we've said this about a month ago, if they can hold teams to one score less, one score yep. less, which means one more play by a DB, one more sack by a defensive end, you know, one thing happening in a game. I like, mean, you look at it, I, I, and this isn't a shot at, at my man, at my man, Jamie Greedy Vance. It's just a reality of what occurred on the field. And yeah. hey, Greedy, look, man, A.T. Perry, they have said at the Senior Bowl, there's like one guy that can cover him sometimes. I mean, well, I forget what the DB was, but you're reading about him. And literally the selling point on this DB's performance was can cover A.T. Perry most of the time. <laughs> like that's how good that guy was. And Greedy was half an inch from tipping a ball that stops it on third down and we get the ball back with a short, with like a half field to go score. Again, not a shot at Greedy. It's just that's a good example of those plays where it's like, oh man, you got, it's it's like Jimbo said, right? The inches. And, and Dave, I, I would say holistically, this defense is not as far away as it seems to y'all. I understand why it feels that way, but they really are extremely close. The last one, Dave, I want to highlight is going to be your guy. Um, I'm really excited to see what Lawrence Toafili does because I don't want to say I'd written Lawrence Toafili off as a because that that would make people think I'd I, I'd written him off as a bad player. I just thought you kind of knew what you got with Toa Philly. I was kind of like, eh, I think I know what you get. It's kind of a scat back. He's kind of quick, whatever. Last year, he took a big jump, in my opinion. Uh, it, it just seemed like a different running back. It was like, oh, wow, okay. He kind of grew up, you know, season to season. If he continues that trajectory, I'm really excited to see what he can offer to supplement Trey Benson in the backfield. Yeah, he's he's certainly going to have a lot of opportunity that he didn't have. There's a lot of shares up for grabs with uh, Trayshawn Ward transferring out. So that that running back room will be interesting to see who kind of steps up behind Trey Benson. It's going to be somebody. Uh, somebody's going to make a name for themselves this coming year and probably the year after that by what they do in 2023. And thank you for joining us to talk about why in 2023 Florida State has a not so unrealistic chance to improve enough to be a playoff worthy team. And championship worthy team championship that's right championship talking about championships team. here no playoffs yeah that's right screw playoffs we're talking championships and max of course thank you for joining me to talk championships thank you for making us your first listen each and every day max tell everybody listening where they can find you on the socials and stuff oh man folks uh so i i i've i'm going through a period of change right now with with different outlets and such but you can find me on twitter at max moody uh, 17 yeah, yeah, TikTok at the Seminole Executive at Seminole Executive Brief. I, I haven't been TikToking as much recently. It's it's kind of slowed down just because it's you know it's the it's the off season. But that's okay, folks. Dave, thanks for having me, man. I I always love being here. I always love hopping in the uh, the Locked On Seminole saddle. And we do love having you. And we love if you check our podcast out anywhere you could find your podcast: Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, and YouTube. Give the video a like if you could. It takes two seconds. Subscribe to the channel too. Ding that little bell, turn your notifications on. You'll find out when our content drops. And as always, leave us a comment, offense, defense. What do you need? What do you think needs to improve for this to be a championship level team? Could be agreeing with anything we said. I love when you agree with me. But I also love when you listen to our episodes. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being here at Locked On Seminoles. And we will see you tomorrow, everybody. Or Monday. Monday. Yeah, we'll see you Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. It's turbo time. It is. It sure is. Go to Olsen.